0: This is the one with popping dino-boils.
1: Noise-canceling headphones.
0: A gentleman of the road. And the death of an old friend. It's called The Visitation.
1: Ralph, bring a log! <laughs> 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 we're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, talent boot, and the Cybertronic race. Some Taurans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky
0: scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS, we're reviewing all his tales back
1: when and reviewing all of who there is who back when and subscribe and or night choose please episode by episode we're trudging down this tempero come join us on this odyssey what other choice could there be that who
0: back when who back when well hello you beautiful people of podcast land welcome once again to another episode of who back when a doctor who podcast or doc past or doc past indeed oh that was a glorious voice i heard there that must be none other than leon
1: that's right. That is me. Hello. Hello, Jim. Hello, Podcastland.
0: That's right. I am Jim.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, I he- gave it away. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hello, Leon. Hello, Podcastland, probably. Oh, my goodness. What the hell are we doing here? We are going to talk to you about the Visitation C120. Yeah, aren't
1: we just? And we discovered, before pressing record, whilst jostling with Zencaster and sipping on our drinks, we are not on in <laughs> both members of the same page club. No we, we do not agree we about have this episode
0: our own pages that's for sure <laughs> yeah that's right maybe, uh, um, which
1: side of the are you good cop or bad cop do you are you are you a fan of this episode jim i'm
0: just gonna um I'm just gonna hum slightly while podcast man land is uh, making up their own mind which side i fall. maybe I'll just do a do 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 no I hated this thing <laughs> <laughs> all right. Meanwhile,
1: I loved this episode or this serial. I thought it was absolutely spectacular. I dare you, dare you, Jim Cakes, to talk me down because this was a masterpiece.
0: Well, wow, challenge <laughs> accepted.
1: <laughs> Marvellous. Well, you're in for a treat, podcast land.
0: Let's just pin that for a second, though, where we um, jump back to the beginning, get everyone up to speed with a little B-scout. Oh, what a spiffing suggestion. Do let's.
1: Time for us to synopsize, and summarize. So take a view and, and grab a brief. and listen to this overview, this free for all. We like to call a bisexual chunk of who?
0: Attempting to return grouchy companion Tegan to a job at Heathrow, the Doctor accidentally brings Team TARDIS to Heathrow in 1666. And what fortune! for a trio of corpulent dinosaurs and their cosplaying android assassin are plotting planet-wide genocide in the vicinity. As
1: our intrepid friends wander across the pre-airport countryside, they are attacked by civilian hoodlums, and paradoxically rescued by a debonair highwayman. And thus they are drawn into a swashbuckling mystery adventure with nothing less than the future of the human race at stake.
0: Mbiscow over. You are welcome. Mmm. Mm,
1: yes oh very welcome i'm really I, I i wish my i wish my voice could go as low as dick mace's voice <laughs> oh,
0: dick, dick mace. mace
1: what a name richard mace
0: <laughs> i mean i feel like this dick is something mace
1: that, must be my sorry
0: i feel like this is something that if you're walking down an alleyway as a woman you probably want to have in your purse <laughs> some dick mace oh dick
1: mace <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wait, is a dick... Wait, wait, wait. Okay, hang on. So is a dick mace in your mind, is it like a pepper spray, but that only works on dicks? Or is it like a mace, like a medieval mace that is used to clobber dicks? Because to me, dick mace is the second best 1970s porn name right (laughs) after Rod Hardlance. Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow. yeah i i was thinking the former i think it's either that yeah or or his dick is like a... anyway this is a stupid thing He's... yeah
1: or hang on uh maybe maybe another candidate for the top three brock uh, long shaft <laughs> yeah okay anyway that's a different podcast <laughs>
0: Uh, I can see uh, join
1: me every other saturday for
0: 1970s fake porn names. He, he's scribbling just. notes i swear i swear he's scribbling oh, notes just just off screen oh,
1: this is a suitable alter ego okay yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> interesting enough i've just glanced at my notes and the first one i have written down is polishing his pistol <laughs> there you go <laughs> Shall we start with that
1: guy? Or do you want to start with anything in particular? Anything else?
0: You know what? I'm happy doing the unthinkable one, starting at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> What about the beginning?
0: I did like the original setup of the the dude that you thrusted into the intro with, in the house with the Lord of the Manor and his children and the servant. I don't know who they were, to be honest. Oh, oh you know what? I totally I, like. I forgot about that part of the intro.
1: I forgot about the proper intro. Yes. Ralph, bring a log. That is <laughs> incredible. Yeah. The whole intro sequence is about a family whom we will never encounter again.
0: Nope, there is Deadsville.
1: <laughs> yeah, they have fantastic personalities. There's depth of character there. I feel like it's the writer just flaunting his talent. He's like, fuck yeah, I can create incredibly three-dimensional characters and then kill them within three minutes. Thank you very much. <laughs> We've got the horrendously meek daughter, devoid of character as a sort of exemplary representative of very, very unfortunate and unfair gender roles in this time, in 1666. We have the dad, who is an alcoholic. (laughs) We have um, Ralph, the man who, like, took gentlemen wearing aprons to the next level in 17th (laughs) century Britain. (laughs) And we've got the spoiled brat of a son who's about to be lasered in the face. It's great. Love this shit.
0: Actually, I didn't, didn't mind how it got off. You know, off the blocks, we get that they're all quite entertaining, and yeah, and then we get the glam robot. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Enter stage left <laughs> in platform shoes and sparkly attire. He looks great,
1: right? He looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, I ish. love that. By the way, so wait, ish? This robot looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm sorry, I will ex- accept absolutely no counter arguments. <laughs> <laughs> this robot looks like a disco ball gained sentience he's wearing every music video attire from the 80s at once and his face looks like it's been chiseled out of chalk it's perfect best thing about him uh, is that he apparently doesn't look weird enough for 17th century britons he has to wear a an actual mask to look scary to civilians in 1666 <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what, I didn't actually... I kind of looked at it every time he had the cloak on. It's like, that's not the same face, is it? But do we ever see the mask being put on and taken off?
1: Uh, we we see the mask taken off, I think, at one
0: point. Uh, okay.
1: I mean, we we do see him wearing the mask from in profile this is towards the end sorry I'm, I'm skipping away from from your beginning to the very end of the episode where oh, sorry of the serial where the robot is entering the tardis and we see him from the side as he's wearing the mask it's like a halloween mask wow where did they get it <laughs> why does he have it why have alien like corpulent alien dinosaurs Decided to dress up this dude
0: as the Grim
1: Reaper because that would be scary. He's a fucking robot. In 1666, no one knows what he is. He's already pretty scary.
0: Damn straight. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh...
1: The the only conclusion I can draw from this is that this episode is magnificent. Because interesting. Doesn't that just make you smile? <laughs>
0: yeah no i i genuinely hate is too too strong i think but yeah i strongly disliked every time the robot was shown in those robes and then we get in what was episode three maybe i think it is yeah they've already referenced that he looks like the grim reaper and he takes a scythe off someone and just stands there I know, (laughs) for like probably not even a second it's just like (laughs) holds the side quick scene change and it's just like Really? This is this is what you want to put into this episode? No. <laughs> oh, uh,
1: I beg to differ. Yes, they did. <laughs> and they did so well. I don't understand why there's a scythe there in the first place, because are there is nary a field in this episode, let me tell you.
0: True. <laughs> they're,
1: they're like in the middle of a forest.
0: <laughs> but, of course, you can't have more than one poacher or more than one miller so and you can't have names in this serial you are the miller or you're the poacher um, that's true so or what was like headman henchman no not henchman leadman i don't know they basically no one had names in this (laughs) even the pterolipto is just the pterolipto leader
1: oh you know what i i didn't realize that that was the case i thought that i just missed a name there that's interesting
0: Anyway, that's why a, a dude oh, has a scythe. that's
1: interesting observation.
0: Because, yeah, yeah the, the poacher role's been taken, the uh, the miller role's been taken, you're just left with scythe-wielding farmer.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm 100% okay with that. Do you remember when the um, older gentleman shows up and basically saves their lives? The resolution of the threat of decapitation cliffhanger, yet again... <laughs> Yeah, uh, an old gentleman shows up and saves their lives, and he, I feel, is re- is referred to in a particular way. Is that the guy that you're talking about? Maybe is that yes, the lead man? Is,
0: he's called the headman. I've just looked it up.
1: Headman. Oh, so he. Oh, how ironic! And he yeah. saves them from decapitation. Yeah, that's you know what. Plus points. Plus points in my Plus book.
0: Points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's literally. Like the credits, I mean, I'm just looking on Wikipedia, so there's probably larger credits available, but you've got Richard Mace, Pteroleptal leader, android, the miller, the poacher, the headman, the squire, and then I think the named people from the first scene who will die, Charles, Ralph, Elizabeth.
1: They have names.
0: (laughs) I guess that's them. There, obviously. Ralph, definitely, yeah. yeah. And then you're left with Villager again. It's like no one has a name in this. Like, this is how little care was gone into this serial. It's like you're going about like, characterization, they I... could even name <laughs> them. <laughs> I
1: I love when we disagree so so (laughs) vehemently about a serial. I completely disagree with you. Not only are we not on the same page, Club, I herewith withdraw my membership from the book club, dude, because (laughs) this is spectacular. I wonder if the fact that the villagers have no names is perhaps to be viewed... From the pteroleptals' point of view, the that they don't care about the humans. They're In their eyes, they are no different than the rats that they are using to disseminate their plague. Oh, yeah, that didn't make it into the beast cow. Yeah, we should talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to them, humans don't have personality, identity, individualism. They are just... A flock of primitives. Why would they remember names? they just go, you know, activate the poacher.
0: (laughs) Activate the poacher.
1: (laughs) And then they do. Isn't that a line? I feel like that's a genuine line. Activate the poacher. (laughs) Probably is. (laughs) I'm opening the the transcript. I'm going to just look for the word activate. Yeah, I shit you not. In the control room, this is probably in part two, Leader says, activate the poacher and his friends. (laughs) Wow. Activate the poacher and his friends. So the leader is... The, the pteroleptor is aware of the poacher's activities. He hasn't bothered to care about the others, but he's aware that they are chums. Love this serial; <laughs> It's the best.
0: <laughs> no, it's just like... Uh, he hangs around with other other humans. They must be his friends. I don't understand the idea of... Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> ...work colleagues or family. Everyone's just friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, what is he going to say? Activate the poacher and his colleagues. <laughs> And his office mates. Yeah, no, it doesn't have the same ring to it.
0: (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm not going to argue this point too too much because I just think it's ridiculous. No, fine, fine. Agree to disagree. Uh, But uh, uh, I'm just going to throw in again. (laughs) Yeah, the Tarot... Pteroleptor doesn't have a name. It's just he's the leader. Or if you can, can even gender. Maybe, don't <laughs> Dude, don't be
1: so judgmental. Maybe on whatever the planet they're from, uh, maybe there, people don't have names. Maybe they recognize each other by uh, some other characteristic, scales or something.
0: Maybe, maybe. That's right. <laughs>
1: That's right. Oh, I can't do the voice. I really wish I could do the voice of Dick. I want to say Dick Wolf. It's Dick Mace. Sorry, I really want to do the voice of Dick Mace. <clears throat> very, very Richard Mace, thespian. A thespian. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I was a noted thespian until forced into rural exile by the closure of the theaters. What a man! What a dude! He sounds like he's been gargling whiskey and sprinkling cigar ashes on his cereal in the mornings. Love that guy.
0: <laughs> I I did like him. He's the kind of saving grace for serial in my mind, <laughs> and a little bit the pterodactyl uh-huh. leader. I keep saying that nice. wrong. I'm basically going to say How pter- so? pterodactyl by the end of this. I'm sure. Of it.
1: <laughs> go, go, call, call him pterodactyl. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, it's fine. I've I've called him like Godzilla in most of my notes.
0: <laughs> but I mean, so what do you in, like about him? In a lot of regards, it's a hell of a costume, I and mean, I don't recall seeing in in Who before like the lip moving and the.
1: I was the, just going to say like the oh.
0: Yeah, like animatronics or something going on there.
1: Yeah, the lip is moving and there's, I think when he breathes, his yeah, like, head expands
0: it's like gills or something going on yeah Ex- i think yes, it's a exactly. close-up oh that's that's a very good side word. on at one point it's like yeah like a gill like, um opening and closing and he's obviously i don't know it's, it was explained away as just oh you've obviously been to prison because in prison you get your eye poked out and half your face melted obviously you know
1: <laughs> well it's, i mean he he did some pretty hard time in a pretty hard place he probably yeah. did his time in the same place that um what's his name? you know uh vin diesel went to <laughs> <What's this? laughs> i've forgotten the name already is this a riddick um, reference that's the one riddick yes exactly i Thank don't you. really know well, very well. my reference was completely off kilter <laughs> but but i think that's great i thought at first that he had been injured in the crash like when the when the spaceship crashed in the beginning
0: yeah which again but no it's, it's a weird thing it's like yeah only four people survived the only four teralyptyls survived the crash so implies people
1: you can you can call them people let's let's be okay with that
0: okay (laughs) (laughs) only four of them just enjoying the high road over here (laughs) 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 which that that implied to me that some of them had died we don't know how many so yeah it was a bad crash so why yeah yeah, why couldn't have been injury due to the crash like and then he says like oh now there's only three of us so one of them was injured enough that they then later on died and then we have to, yeah, have to get this other thing is when Doctor looks at him and says, oh, you've obviously been to prison. Not, oh, you've obviously crashed your spacecraft, which I know has happened.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. That is a remarkably astute observation <laughs> on the part of the Doctor. <laughs> He, he doesn't look at a uh, pteroleptor leader and go like, mm, uh, you obviously uh, slipped off your skateboard at age 14. <laughs> <laughs> Injured your face. I get it. Uh, understandable. How does he, like, the, the, that's a ridiculous statement you, to me. You make. I on absolutely a, agree with you. a,
0: a two-inch model of the Eiffel Tower, which uh, your your father had purchased for you only the year before. I think you landed on the top side of a dick mace. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't it more
1: interesting that he's gone to prison, he's he's gotten those scars just because he did time in a terrible place, like in a really, really horribly hostile environment? That's more interesting, isn't it, than that he's just a member of a warrior race?
0: That's it. It's like one line and then the other line of, that's why I can't go back, I'm a fugitive. But then, that doesn't fit, in my mind, with the other Terralyptors. It's like, what, did they all escape together? Has he gone off with a little faction? Or, I don't, yeah. Like, none of this is explained.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not explained. It's... Oh, maybe I'm being naive now, but I, I would I would love to see them revisited in Who. I feel like you could you could revisit them and do them justice because now in this classic serial, I'm 100% on board with what you're saying, dude. They've mentioned these things, but they haven't explored them at all. They went to prison. We don't know why. We don't know where. We don't know how long, yada, yada, yada. We don't know if there are more of them in that prison, I think. Uh, we don't know how many of them escaped and how we know how many have survived, but I, that doesn't tell us much. So now, if you revisit them in New Who, you can have even more impressive animatronics. Like I'm, I'm thinking basically jadoon level animatronics and you know costumes, but made to look like dinosaurs or g- lizards, people. And you really substantiate this this backstory. Their possibly their entire race has been enslaved and put in prison. Who knows? Because they're just genocidal maniacs. They deserve to be behind bars, but because it's part of who they are. They can't really help it. Like, there's there's lots of scope for character growth and discovery there. I think that could be really interesting.
0: I think I, I mostly agree with that. I I do worry slightly. Like, what would set them apart from, say, the Ice Warriors? Or if you're talking about warring oh, in general, a it's question. like... like all the big bads, like Daleks want to wipe out everything, not afraid of genocide, um, the Sontarans yeah. are a race bred for war, you know. That's a
1: super good question. Maybe the whole prison background is what sets them
0: apart. Yeah. You
1: know, Sontarans are all cloned potatoes mm. who just want to wage war. There's no motivation behind it. There's not like, oh, we want to wage war because it's just in their nature these dudes maybe they were wronged by some you know yet a third party some other alien race that's put them behind bars and now they're just, oh, it allows for a dialogue about you know are they are they freedom fighters or are they terrorists? You know, it's that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I can, I can see. If they, yeah, if they wanted to take that path, they could be an interesting one to do it with. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And uh,
1: by the way, fucking terrorists, because they wanted to poison every human being on Earth.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah def- I mean, definitely because in this there was area.
1: ever any doubt. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you could, you could swipe that aside in New Who and, uh, yeah, do something else.
1: So where are we going from here, then?
0: It only just dawned on me that, yeah, from the start, we know they were attempting to land at Heathrow, they know that they're 300 years too early, but no one Correct. No one seems to think they're in the wrong place. They seem to think they're in the right place. So why, later on, does Doc have to ask what the nearest city is?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's fine. I concede that that is an editorial blunder. <laughs> that's <Yes>. absolutely true. <laughs>
0: Gonna chip away at it.
1: I can see Gonna get you down. (laughs) Oh, shit. I've got another negative for you. Not a negative. It's just another question. Why, when they realize that they're in place but the wrong time, do they not simply readjust and travel forwards in time 300 years?
0: So I I think, basically, Tegan gets upset and wanders out. And then they all, all wander out to go after her. And then they start smelling the sulfur and stuff. And adventure... In shoes.
1: <laughs> Adventure! <laughs> why sulfur? I forgot about that. Why sulfur? I can't They're remember. They're trying to make gunpowder, no. I think. but Like, why make gunpowder by burning sulfur in the woods?
0: Was it not something to do with the plague? They were... Oh... I've forgotten. Oh, them. I didn't realise. I makes. made the mistake of watching the first episode quite a while ago.
1: <laughs> All right, Okay. I've
0: forgotten little bits of it. Relying well, on my I notes. I watched it last night and I've already forgotten as well.
1: Maybe. Yeah, no, I, I think that that seems quite reasonable. Because it is in the same context that we find out that there is a plague a raging.
0: Yeah, plague is the tool of today. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, this is the thing that we didn't talk about in the bsco at at all. We're just sort of assuming that podcast land is aware of, but maybe they're not. So, yes, this is in sixteen sixty six there is a like a, the plague is happening here and there, and the pteroleptal plot is to infect rats with a genetically modified version of a space plague use those rats to disseminate this plague, and in doing so eradicate all human life on Earth.
0: Yeah. Or as I wrote in my notes, uh, yeah, the territorial plan is to make a better plague. Thumbs down.
1: That's a good way of putting it. So I have a few questions for you about this plot. And don't you worry, this will be right up your alley because it is potentially unearthing certain criticisms of this episode. Yeah. (laughs) So I think my first question would have to be, um, why? Because... Wouldn't it be easier to just, you know, disseminate it in the air or something? They say on a couple of occasions, if you ju- if you drop one of these vials, everyone in the room is going to die. Yeah. So why not just do that? Rats don't seem as sophisticated a delivery method as something scientific and technological.
0: Yes, definitely. <laughs> they're probably not very predictable. Unless they put little That's... bracelets on them, they're not very controllable either. They're just going to go where they want to go. <laughs> Maybe they don't want to infect the humans. Maybe they want to tunnel away from the humans. <laughs> Maybe. I
1: mean, isn't this isn't this actually what rats do? Like rats will even escape a sinking ship. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so how... Okay, for starters, we're in the UK, uh, an island. Yes. <laughs> if you use rats as your delivery method, it will stop at the, the shore. <laughs> You're never going to infect Europe... Africa, Asia, uh, um, the Americas. Yeah, 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 like it stops here. This will be a very local pandemic. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Do you
0: think they don't have water on their planet and, and they just like it's just one large landmass and the concept of just... an island is just like what? Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> 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 what we call rats, they call daxons. They're like, "Oh, these daxons, we will strap some genetically modified things on our space daxons and they will just scour the earth. One Dachshund is good for, like, hang on, wait. Uh, What is the circumference of the Earth? Okay, here we go. One Dachshund is good for 40,075 kilometers, right? (laughs) Absolutely right. You betcha, buddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. And they can climb mountains, yeah? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Are they weather-resistant?
1: Definitely. Do they need to eat? Nope. Strap a piece of cheese onto their backs as a bonus. (laughs) If they ever get bored, put them inside one of those mazes.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's terrible. (laughs) It's so bad. (laughs) Never send a rat to do a man's job. I disagree with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I, I completely disagree with you. I think it's hilarious, and I think it's great. Can I ask a question? Because I simply don't remember what you thought of this. Do you remember the episode City of Death? Or rather, the Serial City of Death and our review City of Death.
0: Yes. Well, I probably have forgotten bits of both, but yes, I do.
1: Uh, Alien chap travels back in time, uh, kidnaps uh, Leonardo da Vinci, forces him to forge (laughs) the Mona Lisa many times over so that in the future he can sell all of those copies at a premium in order to uh, get enough money to build technology that allows him to create a time travel, whatever, something wibbly-wobbly, that allows him in turn to travel back in time to save his species and in doing so prevent life from crawling out of the primordial ooze.
0: Yeah. Primordial ooze. I mean, basically just wonderful stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm not going to go to whobackwhen.com. And I'm going to search for City of Death. And I am very curious to see what you gave it, Jim
0: Cakes. I gave it very high.
1: (laughs) You gave it a 4.8. Okay. So that is an absolutely off-the-chart, bonkers plot. That is like an alien has... It's like an alien has done nothing, like didn't go to a military academy or anything like that. All that alien creature did was watch 1970s Doctor Who. Then that alien came to Earth and enacted an invasion plot based on all of the Doctor Who that it had watched. <laughs> you gave City of Death 4.8, but this plot, you're like, oh, it's not eh, it's just not realistic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't care if it's realistic or not necessarily, but... It's just it's just dumb. Like I would much <laughs> rather a mind-controlled Nessie eating some politicians than yeah, some plague carrying rats. I mean, that was great. It's just <laughs> it's just so low bar on the threat level. It's like I don't care if it's the most the low poisonous bar on threat level. Yeah. Like it could be the most poisonous thing in the world. I don't care. Yeah, a plague distributed by rats in the 17th century. In England, love it to take over the planet. No, no, uh, that makes sense. have
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, story checks out. Three, All this is great.
0: Three aliens to back it up. If anything yeah. goes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that. I'm
1: waiting. I'm waiting for a negative. What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I think this is great. I, okay, fine. I mean, I'm I'm perfectly happy to disagree with you. I'm perfectly happy for you to have a, a different opinion, and and I, I mean, I don't mind that you're wrong. the, 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 the <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this then, as a question for you. Do you not find, however, that all of the characters, including the TARDIS team, were better written than they have been in Davison serials hitherto?
0: I don't think so. I don't, Maybe slightly better. I don't oh, know. Oh, really? Oh, why? I think... I think Tegan was probably okay in this serial. I think Adric was less of a shit than he has been, but was still quite a bit of a shit. That's
1: true, yeah.
0: I think Nyssa, they still don't quite know what to do with. And she had had some really weird scenes of her just making this contraption which i must have blinked and not realized what the hell she was doing but suddenly she's just yeah making a thing of a tardis and that goes on forever and we just get yeah it does yeah cuts to her moving furniture in the bedroom and i don't know just (laughs) just really weird things and not a lot of dialogue that's interesting and that's a
1: very fair point she is woefully underwritten i think
0: yeah which as as
1: is andrek actually i
0: think i mean your your bar was pretty low because i think they've been Treated pretty badly in the Davison era in general, so it's not yeah. much to do it better. And maybe it did just about do that I'm not sure. But even Davison himself, like his doctor, I'm still not really, really? loving him. I just, when he gets like short with the companions and patronizing, he doesn't have an air of charm about him. I find anyway to kind of back it up and smooth it over a bit. It just he just comes across as a bit of a shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think you're incredibly right about that. I absolutely agree. I think that's a very good observation. His sort of arsehole doctor is not yet refined, Mm. but his charming doctor, I think, is off the chart. Maybe this is something about Davison. Maybe he's just not that good at playing a bad guy. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong. I've never seen him play a bad guy. But I completely agree with you. Tom Baker was perhaps better at doing both. Like he was really good in, at the extremes. He was good at being the very happy-go-lucky, quite playful and, and charming doctor. And occasionally he could be an absolute arsehole towards people. And he did that very well, very convincingly. This guy doesn't really pull that off.
0: But I think it's it's not just like pulling it off, it's... When Tom Baker did it, and I, well, the way I think the character was written as well, it was like you almost sided with him and felt, oh, yeah, that person you're being an asshole to deserves it. <laughs> like they probably didn't. But, yeah. you know, that's the impression you get because you like the doctor and you kind of like the way he's being an asshole, as weird as that sounds. But with Davison, it's like, whoa, hang on, Doc, what are you doing there? come on i'm with you on that by the way
1: and just to be clear i enjoy it when the doctor is an asshole. i like it when he's a curmudgeon grumpy ugh. you know like the the capaldi the hartnell i i'm led mm, to believe yeah, i definitely. don't know myself i've never seen sylvester mccoy as the doctor but I, i'm led to believe that mccoy was very much like this as well uh oh, sorry no no sorry no not mccoy not mccoy baker baker the <laughs> second colin baker <laughs> Uh, that he was quite grumpy, quite negative at times, and I like that. I like that about this character because it adds a little bit of depth to him. Davison doesn't quite. I, I don't feel. I don't feel like he's pulling that off. I don't know if this is going to change your opinion of it, though. But I found. I think I'm fairly certain that this was the second serial that he produced. Or that he was he acted in. So the first one that he performed as uh, as the Fifth Doctor was Fort to Doomsday. This I believe is the second, I think, and then it continues. So I mean, this follows Kinder, but Kinder was the fourth, I think. So hang on, I'm, I'm looking at who back when. So it's, it must be Fort of Doomsday, this, Castrovalva, Kinder.
0: Right, okay.
1: Does that make sense? So this is the second time that he's playing the Doctor. This is not the fourth time that he's playing the Doctor, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, which I think, I don't know, kind of explains the characters in general just being a bit over the place at the moment. So I don't, I'm definitely feeling yeah, that, which like I, a good serial would put that to the side. Like I wouldn't be kind of worrying about how characters were in previous serials and whether I liked them or not. But I, I definitely feel like like the last few it's been always like feeling like someone had a bit of disservice in the writing or Adric was just an absolute shit and we had been starting to like him and you know he's turned back to being a shit and all this kind of stuff and then yeah, yeah. now i'm feeling that a bit with davison as well it's like i felt like he he was growing on me whereas this feels like a bit of a setback in my mind which is a real shame
1: so how does this compare to you to the other davison serials like how does this compare to Kinder, Forte Doomsday, and Castrovalva? Castrovalva maybe not being the best example because Davison is in a box for much of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but how about how does it compare to Forte Doomsday? And we literally just did Kinder. You know how how does how does the doctor compare? How does I'm curious about what you think of Adric. Do you like Adric more or less in this serial than you did, let's say Kinder?
0: Uh, I think I probably like him a bit more in this one. Oh.
1: Oh, look at you and your big
0: heart. <laughs> well, because in Kinder, he was, he was a shit, wasn't he? I've struggled yeah. to remember. I mean, I feel like
1: he's been a shit throughout, yeah. since he arrived.
0: Well, I know he was a shit, but he was getting better at the end of Baker's run, and then they turned him yeah, back into a shit that's true, again. I agree. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but in this one, he's actually quite sympathetic, I think.
0: He's, yeah, he's not terrible. He's He turns into more of a kind of whiny brat, a, a just sort of- Yeah, that's true. Frustrated child a lot, rather than- the arrogant child, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. He blabs his mouth about the TARDIS when him and Tegan get captured.
1: I know! Why? Why does he like, do that?
0: Even before they like any hint of proper interrogation or torture, he's just like, Oh yeah, we came in the TARDIS, don't you know? I'll take you to it yeah, after It's a time machine. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like, why are you telling him this? You arsehole!
0: <laughs> I think, yeah, it, maybe it's more about, he's not an arsehole, he's just shit. <laughs> like he goes, he goes off to find the dock after Nissa is like, no, like you're going, you will go and try and find him, and then you'll miss each other, and then we'll have to go and find you. And he just, he just gets bored, and he's like, no, sorry, I'm going to go and find him. It's like, no, fuck off, Adric, just stay, stay where you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, what do you think of Adric's interplay with Tegan? Because in uh, this is not the last one, the two episodes ago, two serials ago, Four to Doomsday, we had a lot of interplay between Adric and Nissa two of them went wandering around what were they called the Abankans yes the Abankan spaceship and they looked at androids they checked out the the, the labs they they had a lot of screen time together mm. just sort of discovery time and in this one there's there's a whole chunk of the serial that is dedicated solely to Adric and Tegan they are incarcerated together they are captured together to begin with they're incarcerated together they try to escape together he escapes She sort of sacrifices
0: herself, quote-unquote, to allow him to escape.
1: How do you find their interplay?
0: I'm actually... Struggling to remember them having interplay. No, I, I, I can't really... Like, I can remember them being in, interrogated together, but other than that, yeah, I, I'm at a bit of a loss. What did you think?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I okay, you know, maybe, maybe that's a very unfair question on my part. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they didn't have that much of an interplay. I feel like the two of them as characters did a formidable job of sharing a little less than one character's worth of actions between the two of them. <laughs> As uh, while they were captured and they're trying to plot their escape, you know, uh, Tegan goes, "Oh, there's an opening above the door. I'm gonna step on this this stool. Hold the stool for me." <laughs> what? <laughs> You you know, stand on a stool. Like, do do we are we genuinely keeping Adric around so he can hold a chair you're standing on? That's ridiculous. And then he walks out. Like, he climbs out himself, and she's like, "Oh, I was going to open the door for you." But I mean, you didn't need to because he climbed out himself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he
1: he didn't need anyone to open this door, and you didn't need anyone to hold this stool that you stood on. You absolute maniac. While they were captured, I still felt that there was an element of sympathy there. Like I, I, I felt sympathetic to both of them. And when Adric shows up and he's with Nissa, he's like, "Oh, hey, you're so so cool. You blew up an android with your weird sonic device, and I'm into velvet, and you're wearing it all over yourself." I, I I'm still waiting for a room between those two. <laughs> Sat, like, they sat really close to each other.
0: Just really hoping it doesn't happen, for, for Nissa's sake, more than anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh. You know Adric just had a teeny tiny little boner in that scene. Those two, I feel, have some pretty spiffing chemistry, simply for lack of better candidates. They're both, they, you know, they're age-appropriate. <laughs> they're, they're in the same age group. They're not going to fall for Tegan, because Tegan is... By comparison, a primitive and/or of a different species, which may to some people, not to me, some people might be problematic. Uh, <laughs> and the only other person is the doctor, and he's obviously unavailable. So, like, yeah, by process of elimination, those two are going to bone it, bone like crazy. I mean, I'm, she's not gonna I'm, even relinquish her velvet.
0: I'm not going to be surprised if it happens, but I, I don't want it to. <laughs> I'm going to go on the record. <laughs> it's fine I found in my notes actually just a perfect summing summing up of why Adric is complaining teenager than arsehole teenager Uh, literally quoting him Mm -hmm. I can't do anything for anyone
1: spot on Adric
0: (laughs) give that man (laughs) another medal
1: yeah 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 slow clap (laughs) yeah yeah this chap he should be wearing two sheriff's badges well done Adric
0: (laughs) yeah okay
1: fine i'm gonna i'm gonna get you to agree with me on something here okay how do you feel about the how do you feel about the fisticuffs there's an element of i mean i'm not a fan of fisticuffs and i'm not a fan of action scenes in this series but i feel like in this serial they did a great job of occasionally introducing teeny tiny little moments of tension and action with just straight up fights Oh no, you're hypnotized by pteroleptal technology. I must wrestle you until I can tear the mind-controlling crystal off your wrist or whatever it was. Uh, No, the the battery pack off your crystal thingy.
0: Yeah, I think the little fight scenes... I think there were two of them and they were literally the same thing. Is that Doc and someone else was imprisoned by mind-controlled people. And they wrestle the people and take the battery packs off the mind-control devices. So first time around it's with some peasants as the guards. Second time around, it's with Tegan and Mace as the guards. That's right. Dick Mace. Yeah, there's a bit of uh, Dick Macing all over the place. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Both of those situations well, are semi-resolved, because the first one, they don't actually get out a of A semi, you said? <laughs> a semi?
1: I knew you were going to okay. do that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs>
0: I know you can't. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> and yeah I thought they were okay I do have a note for the the final fight scene with the Terra of simply thumbs down worst fight ever
1: (laughs) what (laughs)
0: because it was
1: atrocious (laughs) I mean I absolutely see why you think so (laughs) (laughs) but I still I maintain that that scene brought me such joy (laughs) I mean, let, let's let's maybe go through this scene. So <laughs> three pteroleptals are in a room somewhere in London. Let's put a pin in the fact that two of them are in London and one of them is in sorry somewhere. <laughs> no, not sorry. Uh, wherever Heathrow is. Is that in Sorry? Oh, whatever Heathrow is. Heathrow is in Heathrow. Yeah. So <laughs> three pteroleptals in a room in London. One of them has a laser gun. Doc and I'm assuming Dick Mace enter the room. Two pteroleptals. We're talking about gigantic fat dinosaurs, okay? (laughs) Sorry, that's that's body shaming, I apologize. Large dinosaur people, they are larger than humans. Also, they are dinosaurs. (laughs) 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 They're in the room, standing not behind the door, but behind Dick, Mace, and Doc. Doc and Dick, Mace. They are door
0: adjacent, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's right Dick and Doc don't see them <laughs> <Dick
0: and Doc. laughs> New new kids presenting leader.
1: <laughs> leader name pending <laughs> Says don't you worry buddies I'm going to put my laser gun over here And then shouts Shouts no! mind you <laughs> That's right Oh you know the scene I'm talking about <laughs> Two giant fat dinosaurs, sorry, <laughs> full-figured dinosaurs, <laughs> leap out from about 50 centimetres away, <laughs> a little more than a foot and a half, and <laughs> and thus a fight ensues. It's simply flawless. I love this scene.
0: <laughs> I mean, okay. Try, try and explain to me what happens in the, the Doc's what, because basically it starts yeah. off with everyone is having like a one-on-one with one of the pterodactyls, I think. And Doc, That's right. Doc is basically caught by one of the pterolactyls in some kind uh-huh. of Vulcan neck grip or I don't know. Go on, talk us through that. It looked
1: wildly erotic to me, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah
0: i'm still not seeing a flaw in this <laughs> in <Okay>. the <this> scene <laughs> and dave davison then like spends most of the scene in between fights of just kind of going oh my elbow or oh i must have got a bruise on uh, my upper left thigh <laughs> i feel like at some point tegan and
1: Adric enter the room and Doc literally pulls Tegan aside, like for no reason. Just like grabs her by the arm, pulls her aside. It's like, but oh, but she's on your team, dude. Like yeah. that, that's not that's that's not on.
0: <laughs> you just you started seeing red, man. Yeah. You couldn't tell friend from foe. It's just in there, man. <laughs> just gonna take him left, right, and center.
1: <laughs> I was just in the fight zone, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> When, when, I, when I go, man, I'm just gone. Like, you know, you just have to stay away from me. I'll just start oh, about anyone. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stayed up until late just like watching Dolph Lundgren movies. <laughs> Don't even talk to me right now. <laughs>
0: just fucking lump you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think there's a badass residing inside of you, Jim Cakes. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't like me when yes, I'm angry. Stuff. <laughs> oh, there's that Dick Mace voice. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, such a good voice. Such a good voice. Yeah. I've dude. a trivia about Dick Mace, by the way. Oh, please tell. Dick Mace. So, Dick Mace. Richard Mace. Richard Mace. Richard Mace was played by Michael Robbins. Michael Robbins was, uh, I I had a quick scroll through his IMDb page. I could really only recognize one item there aside from Doctor Who, he was in the Pink Panther Strikes again. Uh, But Hmm. that's only one of 176 acting credits. Holy moly. This guy was prolific as... And here's something else. I think, probably, you and I can agree that he is the best part about this serial. Surely, he is...
0: Yeah, I mean... Par excellence.
1: Really yeah, right? Like, if you're going to take anything away from this serial, it's that Richard Mace, Dick Mace, is spectacular. Michael Robbins did a fantastic job. Turns out, the writer, Eric uh, Soward. I am i apologize, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Disagreed. He, quote from TARDIS Wikia, uh, is said to have disliked Michael Robbins' performance as Richard Mace. Not sure why. What? But, yeah, uh, not the only actor considered for this role. Among other actors were such people as a whole bunch of people whose names I don't recognize. And Brian Blessed. <laughs> Who would have been spectacular as well, I feel. I think Brian has done but a yes. tremendous job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. And Donald Pleasance. Wait, who's that? Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance was the president in Escape from New York. He was uh, Dr. Loomis in Halloween. He was... Wait, Dr. Loomis? Maybe I'm misremembering the name. I feel like his name was Dr. Loomis. Uh, Donald Pleasance, if you see him, you'll be like, oh, yeah,
0: that guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy. just looked him up
1: exactly that's right (laughs) exactly he could have been richard mace cool
0: yeah i vaguely recognize him but i don't think i know actually a lot of the stuff he's known for
1: which is a shame oh check out have you seen escape from new york i don't think i have actually what oh watch it uh john carpenter 1980s uh sci-fi action kurt russell oh it's fantastic then don't watch the sequel escape from LA. And probably don't, but obviously, let's face it, we all will watch the remake slash soft reboot, which is rumoured to star What's-His-Face, who was in Game of Thrones and in Conan. Uh, Aquaman. What's his name?
0: Oh, Jason Moore.
1: That's the guy. Oh. Jason Momoa. What a dude. Okay, slight tangent. When I started growing a mustache during lockdown, I googled cool long hair mustache and beard combo dude (laughs) something. I don't know, other random keywords that Google can now hold against me. And I I, shit you not, 95 to 96% of the images that I came up with were of Jason Momoa. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I am not half the man that guy is. Both metaphorically and physically, he is more than twice me. (laughs) (laughs) And what a beard and long hair and
0: mustache combo. (laughs) I think Google just knows you too well. It's like, this is who he wants to emulate.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I wish. (laughs) That'd be great. I don't have to worry about being a short person anymore. Anyway, we should return to this episode. (laughs)
0: There was some earlier fighting, actually, as well, in the, in the very first episode with the, the people that were burning sulfur or burning something that smelt like sulfur. There was a bit of rustling with it. Oh, that's
1: right. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right to point this out. It's, it's a surprisingly um, fisticuff heavy serial. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's action packed. There, there's some swashbuckling that there are several scenes of people firing guns in this serial. It's mm, quite true. uncharacteristic of Doctor Who, I think.
0: I have a random question, just for my understanding and understanding of what your understanding is, Mister Leon. Oh, so, this I is had so far always assumed Adric was human, and maybe this is a mismemory, or maybe this is me just not picking up on it during the episode he's introduced. But in this serial, he, I think, described himself yeah. as an Elsarian.
1: That's right, yeah. He's Ulcerian, and he heals more quickly. I think he says something to that effect. Oh, yeah, no, we regenerate more quickly, or we heal, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, We sprain our
1: ankles more easily, but we also heal (laughs) much faster.
0: But but unfortunately, we're not very good at stealing fruit.
1: Yeah. (laughs) River fruit has always been a personal challenge of mine. Um, So... You're right. And I think I've also been culpable in the sense that I've also referred to him as human. Maybe what this is, is that he is originally human. Oh, Podcast Land is having a fit right now because oh, sure this is are. probably so equally <laughs> wrong. But so, okay. So either he is Ul- Ulcerian, Ulcerian, whatever it is, or he belongs to a species that originated as regular humans fell through a CVE, landed on that planet, whatever it's called, Al- Alsarius, uh, whatever, Alsarius something, and then spent several million years or whatever it is, you know, evolving and devolving. Do you remember the the planet with the way it swamped, dudes?
0: Yeah, F- full circle. So it, at too, a
1: certain point... It? Exactly, yes, you're right, exactly. It's so a full circle. So he belongs to... He is basically a descendant of those swamp creatures.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe this is the thing, because I, I, I think I've maybe associated more that I understood all the humans we met in e-space had been brought there, and maybe yeah. he just looked like a human, and I was like, oh, then you must be an, a human from n-space.
1: I think the logic that is presupposed by the BBC in the 1980s is that... Once any species on any planet, anywhere in the universe, reaches a certain level of civilization, they just look like humans. I, I think that's the, the, the supposition. So humans arrive on this planet, and those humans are killed by swamp creatures, who in turn evolve to be effectively humans, who are then killed by swamp creatures who evolved to become humans, and so on and so forth, in perpetuity. Yeah. And because he is not part of the original gang, he can't be a human. He must be a descendant of swamp creatures.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't, I don't have a problem with it. And We, we are we... all descendants of swamp creatures. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, I guess the thing is, like, it's perfectly acceptable that he would describe himself as an Alessarian, even if he is a human. Because he grew up on the planet Alcarius, for That's example, right. not a not an issue. He could even say that he regenerates or heals faster. But it's yeah, it's the way he's comparing himself to, I mean, humans from Earth or whatever. Like yeah. it's like he he knows the differences. It's not just like I don't know. I just find it weird. I feel I feel like it should be addressed more than just a random thing. Adric says as being a bit of an asshole. Then I don't know. I'd, I'd like to know more differences about these species. Like why they are so similar looking but different. You know that would be quite interesting to try and uncover that, yeah, rather than just I, Adric I agree going. With you. I, think huh, a- I I heal so much faster than you. Don't you know? Uh, like it's it's just part of part of part of my makeup, man, and it's, it's why I'm so good at maths as well. You know. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I'm
1: that sorry. is a spot on, spot on Adric impression. It was really weird for a second there I felt like I was doing a podcast with Matthew waterhouse. That was really quite disconcerting yeah i'm I'm on board with with what you're saying. I'm picking up what you're putting down because we we don't get anything aside from the fact that he is from a different planet. We don't even know if his physiognomy is different like, or- maybe his physiology is different you know he he looks like a human being, but who knows maybe Maybe his internal organs are completely different. Maybe he doesn't subsist on food and oxygen, you know, and water. Maybe all he can possibly ingest is a river fruit. Maybe he <laughs> even maybe. Maybe breathes watermelons. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's left entirely unexplored. But given that we know that, I mean, that was the whole conceit of Full Circle. That the monsters of the week were in fact the descendants of the heroes of the week and themselves destined to become the heroes of a future week because they were just in this they were locked in this eternal cycle of evolution yeah i think that being said it means we absolutely know that he is not a not a human being as such he grew up perhaps with somewhat human values because much of his surroundings were human in nature like these creatures evolved into a an environment largely comprising a human spaceship an earth spaceship but he himself biologically physically is not human so maybe he does heal faster question for you how the shit does he know how quickly a human heals exactly he's met one of them the one he's talking to at that moment Hi Tegan, I heal faster than you. How do you know? Have you met another human? Have you ever compared yourself to someone else?
0: It's uh, what uh, does that
1: look like? Two people cut themselves and like look at each yeah, other's eyes. No, How night, does that work?
0: I prodded you with a sharp thing and sat there waiting for your bleeding to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I prodded myself with, with a sharp thing. Watch. Yeah. And I, I stopped bleeding much quicker than you did.
1: <laughs> yeah. Makes perfect sense. No, it doesn't, Andric. You don't know this. Even in this episode, Andric is so much more sympathetic than he has ever been. And even in this episode, I hate his guts. Yep. I want him to die, and <laughs> I. <did>. I...
0: <laughs> wow. They, they I only a say little, that because pause, and I feel like <laughs> the uh, the alcohol's caught up with Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, sorry. Okay, you know what? Right now you think that I'm being a bad person just because I want this guy to die. And fair enough, you are fully justified in, in believing that. But sooner or later, we will get to... Ugh, fuck it, now I've already given away. Anyway, let's put a pin in this and let's revisit it at another point. Okay, I, I just, I'm so sorry, I just spoiled that, didn't I?
0: No, it's fine, I've forgotten it already. I just want to throw okay, in well one... <laughs> I mean, I haven't, but I'm pretending. I <laughs> Throw in one other thought on this topic, which is... Like, uh-huh. It's not just Adric who's an alien companion; Nissa is as well. And yeah, true. They they talk about that from time to time. I don't. Know, I just feel like this is becoming something that's starting to bother me. Like this is the first real incident where it's properly bothered me. Adric going, oh wait, what does Sorry. I heal better than you do? Just this idea that uh-huh. they they are aliens. They're but ninety five percent of the time they could be humans. Very, very smart humans. But then 5% of the time, the story plays their alien card for either a random bit of dialogue or some plot thing. I don't know. But it's never... It's never like something we're like getting to know them more. We're we're understanding more about what it is to be from the planet Truck and or from the planet Alzarius or whatever it was. It's just yeah. it's just random stuff just being tweaked here and there and it never feels You know what?
1: Throw a third
0: planned. planet in there as well.
1: You've got Gallifrey.
0: Well true. In the yeah.
1: TARDIS at the moment, there are four people. Three of them are from planets other than Earth. All four of them look exactly like human beings. Like exactly like human beings.
0: Which I don't, and, I don't massively have a problem with. I just, I would, if they want to establish them as being different for the sake of, uh, driving, uh, interesting character development or something like that. Great. Yeah. Like do that. But otherwise, yeah, you've just got these four random people from four, four random planets and occasionally kind of go, oh yeah, that guy can heal faster, but it's not part of the plot or anything. It just gives him a line to say. <laughs> That's true. I concede that <laughs> that is a fair
1: argument. <sighs> The only thing is I don't mind. Like it, it, Basically, I, I'm not as upset by that as you are, but I absolutely see what you're saying. Nothing else to it. Like, how about this? Would you feel better if there were also cultural differences between them?
0: Yeah, I think definitely. I think something that just made them feel... I mean, we're not even getting strong character development for these individuals, let alone a stereotype development for their having nationalities for want of a better term and sure. yeah be a well, cultural I mean there are not going to be any
1: nationalities on Alzorius. There were like 50 people living in a spaceship. <laughs> comprising no, I mean, I, an entire yeah, species.
0: I mean nationality in terms of a, a planet rather than a, a country. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. But Same anyway. with
1: charkin by the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true. But yeah.
1: but yes, I I take your point. I take your point.
0: Anyway, that's enough about this thing. Come on, come on. What have you got on your list?
1: Okay, my turn. Yeah, spoiler alert, uh, podcast land. We decided to ping pong our final, our final notes here. Um, okay, in this serial, we behold the death of the sonic screwdriver.
0: <gasps> oh no.
1: Which is a huge thing, quite frankly. And it turns out we will not encounter the Sonic Screwdriver again. So we are now in what, 1982? Is it 1982? Yes,
0: yes, I believe so. Yeah.
1: Uh, This show has been going since 1963. The Sonic Screwdriver showed up in, I can't remember uh, what's it called now. It's the Troughton episode, uh, Fury from the Deep, maybe. Uh, uh, One of the aquatic-themed serials anyway i feel like it's fury from the deep so call it late 60s we will now not encounter the sonic screwdriver until the movie in 1996
0: no way that's it it's gone yeah. from
1: classic it's gone it is donezo we are done with the sonic screwdriver for the rest of television classic who
0: i did not expect and the that. reason for this
1: no, nor I, nor I. <laughs> and the reason for this is, and and bear in mind, by the way, the last episode that we reviewed on Who Back When was the pilers, where Capaldi fucking luxuriates in his fake Cambridge, not Cambridge, in his fake Bristolian university office with a like a a, a pencil case. No, not a pencil, like a jar. Full of sonic screwdrivers on his desk.
0: Oh, really? I didn't see that detail.
1: <laughs> Absolutely insane bananas. Whereas in this episode, we kill the sonic screwdriver. And the reason for that, it turns out, is that the new showrunner, JNT, John Nathan Turner, he basically agreed with us. <laughs> so we, we've been, and I mean, not just with us, with, us, with a, a huge portion of Huvians. That it is simply a deus ex machina. The the sonic screwdriver was turning into this perfect, flawless resolution for absolutely any problem the Doctor would ever encounter. It was simply too powerful. It it was too easy to get out of a bind, if you had the sonic screwdriver. And um, John Nathan-Turner decided, we're going to cut it out. The original version of this script included a different scene. A scene in which the Doctor goes into a room of the TARDIS... A room just, like, full of gadgets and probably billions of sonic screwdrivers literally just retrieves a new one, closes the door behind him, boom, he's got a sonic again, and JNT vetoed this scene. He was like, no dice, home slice. I want a Sonic-free doctor. Wow. he got his wish. Yeah. For another 14 years.
0: So weird and interesting. Because I definitely feel like classic compared to New Who, it really hasn't become the deus ex machina that... Knew who treats it as yep. all of classic. Like it basically, it's it's a little bit more than a screwdriver, but it's like it's always working on devices. It's always like physical. Yeah, that's true. It's it's like you could have done this with a physical tool, but now you do it wirelessly because it's Sonic. You know, it had that kind of feel about it. If
1: Doc is locked anywhere, if Doc is facing any kind of adversity, the Sonic could could now solve it. But but back back then, that wasn't the case. However, I feel like K K9... Nine was the Sonic of his day.
0: Yeah, that's probably fair, actually. Because the Sonic does get... Oh no, get... we're
1: locked in a room. K9, laser the wall. K9, uh, un, like decode this lock. Uh, you know, K9, break into the vaults. Right. So, I mean, okay, that was my Pong.
0: Back to you for a ping. A bit of a question to help me understand this serial a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> because I do I not... I give up already. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I just didn't understand the thing i think i missed a cu- crucial detail about why nissa was building something and what she was building which means that when the robot turns up and starts shooting this gizmo um which what did i dub this the the make everything wibbly machine um uh-huh. yeah <laughs> you know the robot shoots this and then the robot blows up i'd yeah, like the equation didn't balance for me. What what happened there? I mean, that kind of sums it up quite neatly, I feel. So she
1: built a sonic reverberation uh device. <laughs> she basically built um a speaker. <laughs> <laughs> And the reason for this was that it seemed as though this might be the only way to defeat this robot. You are right in pointing out that there is a flaw to this, though. Because there is a prior scene in which Adric asks her about this. He goes like, so you're building this thing. That's really cool. That might actually defeat the robot. Why the shit are you building it in the TARDIS? That's super dangerous. You might destroy the TARDIS. (laughs) And she goes... Yeah, but this is where the script is going to place me later on, and the, then fast forward to later on, <laughs> the robot somehow makes it into the, uh, the TARDIS, oh, we should talk about that scene, why we have we not talk talked about, about that, scene. that scene? That Yeah, okay, let's put a pin in that, that's what's happening, we've got a podcast land, you've got an extra ping or an extra pong, just, you're welcome, okay? So the uh, android makes it into the TARDIS. She puts on some <laughs> headphones, yeah. presses a button, and because of the sound, the android blows up. I am on board with all of this. But... <laughs> <laughs> Even though it was set up by Adric, the TARDIS is not damaged. That's number one. Number two, she builds it in the TARDIS, but she never makes any attempts to move it out of the TARDIS, which makes it seem as though her plan all along is for androids to enter the TARDIS, which surely it can't have been, because that would make no sense.
0: Just to interject in point two, there seems to be a plan of, I'm getting this started and Doc will finesse it all at some point. Maybe even make it portable that's true yeah that's true and that never is that is never followed up on either well it's just never allowed to happen because doc is not present until the <laughs> yeah that's true. but it also it, like it doesn't yeah. have to happen
1: there's no need no. to finesse it because it works perfectly well it damages only the the android and nothing around them thankfully she, yeah. she can wear headphones which i get okay fine her eardrums haven't just exploded from this thing But what about the rest of her? Like, why isn't she just a puddle of liquid on the floor? (laughs) Like, she's in a room with a whole bunch of glass and porcelain. Why didn't that even crack? Well,
0: this is why it really felt to me that it was the android shooting the device that was causing the android to get hurt rather than just this sonic oh. thing but i have no idea okay. i did not understand it one bit
1: i think you might be onto something because my next point was going to be and the android shoots it but somehow it seems to be able to like deflect lasers but it doesn't you're right it maybe it absorbs the laser and somehow i don't know Ugh. who knows it's, it's like, both dumb and beautiful at the same time.
0: I think to me it was highlighting the the kind of sad treatment of the android in general, actually, in the serial. Like, it was quite cool, but it had such weird things happen to it. Like, it would laser people outright in some scenes. It would shoot, like, warning shots. Like, I think the shot, like, really high when it kind of caught on Tegan and she put her hands up and said, I hope you recognize that I'm surrendering, or whatever. You're right, yeah and when adric is like caught by the villagers the robot shows up what is that about run away and then the, and it lets Andric it basically live. gives him a wink is like hey come back to my place adric and then yeah <laughs> slinks off and andrews going, okay i'll uh yeah, i'll come come with you
1: yeah i mean fair enough but i mean also no <laughs> adric <laughs> Don't go dogging with some weird cosplaying android. This cosplaying android has murdered people. He is not to be trusted.
0: You know, this is Adric, who you, you were hoping would die quite soon. So, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> just go, that's Adric. True, go. That's true, that's <laughs> true.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, undoubtedly, there are a couple of flaws to that particular sequence just in couple, the serial. Just a couple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> come on, come on let's, let's get another um, another point from you that can maybe bring some positivity.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Um, I would like to point out two particular line deliveries of Dick Mace that, not, sorry, not the deliveries, but lines rather of Dick Mace that I think are quite indicative of really solid writing and of just thinking about this episode as a part of a whole, namely of all of... You know Doctor Who to this point, nineteen eighty two, but 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 also kind of winking at itself and being clever. These two lines are Dick and Doc, Dick and Doc, and I th- who someone else can't remember which one, one of the companions, someone who isn't Dick because Dick <laughs> is the only companion of this uh, this serial that I really care about. Adric can go fuck himself. Uh, Nissa is a waste, <laughs> and Tegan is just. you know what? Maybe it's Tegan. Tegan, like, might as well not be there. She should have gone to Heathrow in present day. Or in 1982. She should have gone to Heathrow in present day and been absolutely flummoxed by the concept of Wi-Fi. So, okay. Dick and Doc enter the pteroleptal spaceship. And Dick's first line is, how are the dimensions greater within? Yes. Which I think must be a link to the TARDIS, the... Oh my goodness, Doctor! It's gr- it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. I think this is the writer Eric S- Saward... S- Saward. Don't know how to pronounce your name. Very sorry, Eric. You're a great writer. I think this is Eric just having some fun with that concept. Because oh, it then definitely. turns out, oh no, half of the spaceship is just like buried in the ground. That's why you yeah. think it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> but I think that's a great thing.
0: It's just a an nice
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the other line is, and this is just, I, you know what? I didn't even really make a note of the line, but I think it's a very nice touch. When he wants to unlock the doctor's cuffs, and Doc gives him a safety pin, Dick Mace looks at the safety pin and admires it from a technological standpoint. It's like, this is a very interesting and clever device. How... Who on earth thought of this? You know, you know, what a clever little gadget, yeah, because you haven't invented safety pins yet. I think that's super duper clever. It's like just a little aside, and it works, it's incredibly effective to eat him as a character. Eric, high five, well done, <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> yes, hats off no, again.
0: Can't. I'm not wearing a hat,
1: but just imagine that I am hats off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i can't i can't really um thought those i like those as well in fact i uh may be mentioning one of those in my rating later <laughs> oh okay all right we'll see i might drop it just because you brought it up <laughs> not, not because it, <laughs> i'm it's, i'm so, it's sorry. Made me, made I'm me so go, sorry no i can't say anything positive about it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, your turn. Okay, another... Just a, a little question. Doesn't really have a bearing on much, I suppose. But it could lead into bigger things, depending on... Oh, if we're willing. Those. If we're willing to go into the whole Great Fire of London thing.
1: <laughs> <gasps> I forgot about the Great Fire of London! <laughs>
0: <laughs> but at the end, like, I, yeah, it's nice that Doc is saying goodbye to Mace. Like, they're in a rush. Like, he doesn't want to, like, contaminate things. Uh, I'm not quite sure why this is the point where he doesn't want to contaminate things. But anyway, okay, you know, trying to trying to leave the scene so things don't get weird. But he gives Mace the bit of the control panel that he's removed. The oh, random no. little hard drive floppy disk type thing. And it's like, why? I have a theory. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, wait, wait. I want to hear your theory first.
0: Well, I didn't have a theory. I was just like, what the fuck are you doing, Doc? Because like, there was this comment, I think, from Nyssa. It's like... Um, what will the archaeologists archeolo- think? Because yeah, I think that's a nice playful
1: discovered. line of hers, by the way. it
0: is quite a nice playful line. But I, I mean, also, like yeah. fires don't destroy everything. You have there's a load of alien tech and alien bodies <laughs> in that fire. That's true.
1: So I have a theory.
0: <laughs> okay, the
1: theory is that Dick Mace, the character we know and love, is going to die in an agonizing <laughs> death. <laughs> In the fire of London that night. Uh, it, it's the doc just going, you know what? I need to dispose of this evidence. Um, <laughs> you're going to die. Hold this for me, please. Oh, dear. And <laughs> then he sods off. Dick Mace is like, oh, I'm Dick Mace. And then he burns to death. And the evidence melts with him. Harsh. And people in 1666, they don't know what to do. They just bury him with some bit of like molten plastic. They're like, we don't know what this is. You call it plastic? What does that mean? Who called it that? That's not a word. And then no one knows, you know? None's the visor. Visor? Shit. (laughs) Wiser. (laughs) Feel free to keep that. (laughs) Sorry, podcast land. I am tipsy (laughs) as.
0: Oh, i'm enjoying it because i'm quite tipsy too <laughs> <laughs> i i like that idea it doesn't quite make sense but fine i like the doc might just kind of go oh hang on i can't be asked to put this in the bin and the tardis. recycling bin or, yeah <laughs> or just one of the many rooms where i store crap in the tardis <laughs> Take it off my hands. I'm pretty sure you're burning to death soon.
1: <laughs> uh, man who's got about to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's almost as though like cutscene between cereals. It no longer is the cold open, the family who dies within three minutes that we get to know really well. It's in fact, just a looking at a green bin and a blue bin and going, so where does this bottle go or something like that? <laughs> cut to the end. <laughs> Spend a tiny bit more time on him looking at that piece of circuitry and going like, "Hmm, green or blue? Green or blue?" Hey, Dick, hold this.
0: <laughs> I, I have another um, kind of continuation thought that that hit me like visualization more than more than thought. To be to be fair, it's just yeah. Dick Mason holding this, just with absolute awe of the experience he's just had, and just not being able to. Con- comprehend what this piece of i don't know material uh, majesty uh industrialization what it could possibly mean and just having a proper golem golem moment as the building he's in is just melting <laughs> <and> just <laughs> precious precious
1: <laughs> i love that that's so good <laughs> Super-duper quick note. Same scene towards the end. The pteroleptal is melting away like uh, it's going out of style. Uh, Doc goes, hey, there's a fire in that barn. Here's that uh, Here's that poison that could potentially destroy all of mankind. Yeah. Throw it into the barn! <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know that that idea you had earlier of, like, don't use the rats, just make it airborne? Well, Doc got on yeah. that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: This may be the serial that proves that Doc does not give an f about mankind. <laughs>
0: no. he's like London is pretty much a goner in 1666. It's fine. Like we're just what what's a, a few extra thousand here and there to get get the plague.
1: Yeah, uh, what are a few thousand people between friends. You know, come on.
0: <laughs> like, it wasn't even the the f- throwing it into the flames that got me. It was the such cavalier attitude of grabbing it off the cart and like just jostling it around before throwing it in the flame
1: (laughs) (laughs) what if you miss a vial what if a vial falls to the floor? Or if, like, actually, there's another box under a bale of hay or something. Uh, Which a carts. rat
0: then goes and sniffs out and nibbles at, eh? Eh?
1: <laughs> yeah. By the way, those rats, they're still alive. Like, no one went back and killed all the rats that had been infected, including the rat that was in the cell with the doctor. Yeah, I mean, not a conversation piece as such, but just an observation.
0: Yes, a very good observation. But yeah, so Doc has started the Great Fire of London.
1: Yes. Which I'm incredibly happy about, because I remember, I, I, I couldn't tell you which serial this was, but there was, um, I, I remember reviewing a, uh, oh now I can't remember which Doctor it was, I want to say it's either Hartnell or Troughton serial, so first or second Doctor serial. And a part of the trivia in that serial was, oh yeah, the Doctor starts the Great Fire of London in the serial The Visitation. Cut to 2021, April Fool's Day. We sit down to record this review. I finish this serial moments before we press record. I'm like, that's right. I remember reading about this and having a chat about this probably like three years ago. Finally, full circle i'm very pleased
0: but i because i remembered it knew who had referenced it and i couldn't couldn't remember oh. when it but I, I had this feeling like when it was revealed that because up until that point we don't have a, a time frame exactly referenced it's just 17th century yeah that's true and to be perfectly honest my history isn't good enough to to actually no, know nor, that nor mine. this could have been the um great far out of london territory and Did you recognise
1: the reference Pudding Lane?
0: I didn't, but I nor I just kind of looked at it and was like, okay, they're making a very, very obvious statement here. There's a fire in London. They're drawing an exact location. Yeah, this must be the <laughs> Great Fire of London. <laughs>
1: yeah, that is almost exactly what I've written. <laughs> Putting Lane, question mark, is this the Great Fire of London, question mark, and then following later, I just wrote, yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah,
1: I'm with you, I'm with you.
0: <laughs> but it, it seems to be actually, yeah, a 12th Doctor thing. He talks to me about it.
1: Oh, really? I was going to say a different one, but okay, yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, looked, we- looked up the trivia. Apparently me suggests that she will start the fire but doc tells her the will
1: oh interesting oh i was gonna say it's a Hartle one i was gonna say it's the romans because doc also plays a part in the fire of rome the burning of rome and i figured okay there must be there must have been some trivia associated with that I, I must be misremembering oh good stuff Holy smokes, we are all over the place. I love it.
0: So I think we had one other pin to address, and that was Robot in the TARDIS? Yes, that's true.
1: Well, I mean, the, the whole setup seems very weird to me. We, we've we already mentioned the the robot, or sorry, the android spares Adric's life. Adric follows the android. Nissa sees Adric on the scanner. Adric's like, hey, waving. Yeah. She opens the door, she goes outside or whatever, they wave to each other. Boom. Android shows up. <laughs> the android Adric's been following. Yes. Like, why, what? <laughs> it's
0: like, oh my god, it came out of nowhere, says Adric. Exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why isn't Adric just like, uh, fuck, no, like, why is he waving? Why is yeah, he
0: why is not it... just going... He could be waving, but with like two two arms, like warning wave. Like I'm I'm doing it, exactly. which you can't hear. Podcast land, but you know, big over exaggerated arms above your head, crossing over motion of like. Absolutely. Miss, uh, I need your attention. There's something happening here.
1: That's right. And he and Nissa, I think it's fair to say we are in perfect agreement, you and I, Jim Cakes, that he and Nissa they share a certain physical bond that allows them to like just really understand each other's body. <laughs> so when <laughs> when he's waving to her, she knows exactly what he means, right? Like he waves to her and she knows he is yay close. <laughs> So, uh, the, <laughs> I th- that's what you were going to say, right? I, th- I feel like that's what you were going to say, Jim. So Obviously, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. This Negroni is really hitting me. I'm, I, I feel like I'm probably on Negroni 5 at this point. Or maybe maybe it's still like 4.5. Yeah. I
0: mean, uh, what you're saying is she she understood that hand signalers um, put the bed back where it was. I'm coming home.
1: <laughs> exactly. Bingo. (laughs) It's the slow down, slow down, or this will end too quickly. But somehow (laughs) that android is just like, boom, right outside the TARDIS. Forces its way in. Like, before it forces its way in, Adric shows up from like 50 meters away. And his move is straight up to kick the android's butt. Kick it literally. in the ass, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not figuratively. He literally kicks its bottom and the android just goes, No, I'm an android. Bottoms mean nothing to me <laughs> and clobbers him.
0: <laughs> like, I don't even understand why I have a bottom. Like who who sexualized me? Come on.
1: <laughs> why do I look like a human? Why am I a robot that looks like a human? Why don't I look like a pteraleptal? <laughs> <laughs> I am a pteroleptal android.
0: Wait. No, because there is a random thing about when they when they've got the TARDIS, their their next grand plan to kind of get I don't know freedom and autonomy. Who knows what is to they can go off and get more androids. Androids are the future, man. They just need an android at your side, and you can take Ooh. over everything. Something that just dawned on me as well.
1: If this ship... This ship can't be a pteroleptal ship. This ship must belong to the race that enslaved them, right? Or imprisoned them. So maybe the android does as well. Maybe they were imprisoned. You know what? Strike what past me said. That that guy was an idiot. Prison me is in the moment. And I feel like they were imprisoned by people who looked exactly
0: like this android. Case closed. Boom! (laughs) I like the thinking and the enthusiasm and the drunkenness. <laughs> I'm so drunk, I'm so sorry. <laughs> there's <laughs> very little evidence in this serial to support it. But yeah, if if that's what it was, that's good. What it seemed to me was yeah. that the terrors themselves had put this person in prison. I didn't see any evidence to the contrary, but who knows? Who knows?
1: Oh. oh I see. So he was in a oh right. He was enslaved by his own people.
0: What well, if you're in so prison Is he a criminal? Why we never? Yeah, oh, yeah really. sorry, not enslaved. In why, why are you automatically an international criminal? I don't know. Uh, uh inter-species criminal. Like my my assumption. No, was you're that absolutely right. It was in a species, but there's no evidence either way. To be fair,
1: see, this just opens up so so much more scope for to development if this species is revisited in Niihu. Chibbers, if you're doing it, I want you to do this. If someone else is doing it, I want them to do it. I want the pteroleptials to show up in New Who. Please. I'd
0: be on board. I would make one right? request. If um, you can't hear what the actor in the costume is saying, re-record the dialogue. <laughs> 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 That's
1: such a good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pteroleptial definitely sounded like a dude inside a lizard costume. <laughs>
0: Yeah, to the point I didn't understand what that sounded like, but as soon as it appeared in in my earballs, I knew exactly what that sounded like because they did not do anything to that to clean it up. Absolutely not. No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that could be a stock stock soundbite that they could sell for years to come. If like, if you need a little snippet of what it sounds like to. Say a few words inside a lizard costume. Mm. Go to the BBC Archive. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or meet us in Shotover Park after midnight.
0: <laughs> so I think we're out of points. How about we rate this?
1: And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la, 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 Ratings.
0: So Finger on Nose Game played and lost by myself. So I'm rating first. Sorry. And what... What the hell am I going to say about this? Well, I'm just going to roll through the little notes I have here, starting with some negative points. I, yeah, as I've said already, I'm still not really enjoying Davison's doc all that much. Uh, I've mentioned like his kind of patronizing tone in in places, but there's also a moment where he loses his temper with Tegan, like very, very briefly and just has to kind of compose himself and... Just, it's not what I'm looking for in the Doctor, or if, if that's what's going to happen, I think it needs to be handled slightly differently. Like we've said, we enjoy it when other Doctors uh, are a bit curmudgeon or, well, whatever, because they can pull it off with some kind of charm, but it doesn't seem to be working at the moment. Yeah, Not really enjoying the Plague Rat plot, plus and minus with the lepto leader, like I think actually I enjoyed a lot of his performance and I enjoyed the conversing with the Doc and this kind of idea of like Doc not being able to understand the motivation and him being capable of genocide. I think that kind of played out quite well. But we did have at the back of my mind that this is an actor talking through a costume and I'm very aware of that through the sounds he's making, which was a shame.
1: That's fair. Yeah.
0: I quite liked the glam robot look. I don't think it was executed perfectly, but it was all right. I didn't like that it turned into this weird Grim Reaper thing and it has to wear a mask. (laughs) I also felt like it was badly used, as we've talked about. So, yeah, that's a bit of a plus and minus as well. We talked about the whole thing of Adric not warning Nyssa that the robot he's been following like, is gonna be in the vicinity of the TARDIS, which is just ridiculous. I mean, it's either just a negative for the story, or it's a negative for Adric, of which there are many. I'm not even gonna bother listing negatives for Adric, because they're just, they're always present. We know that. What I am gonna do is, though, I'm gonna give a thumbs up for Tegan. I've you know gone through my notes again and reminded myself a bit more and i i think she had some nice little bits she's quipping with the doc having doc saying like oh i will i'll definitely find their location in london and she's like oh like you found heathrow when adric gives up it, this information unsolicited about the TARDIS, she kind of saves their bacon by saying that they're indispensable crew like you know it couldn't possibly be bumped off and she has a little bit of interplay with mace of mace going I am a highwayman, madam. And Tegan's just yes. like, but this isn't a highway. <laughs> you know, I think actually she was she was done quite good service in this serial and performed quite well. Nissa, I'm also going to give a thumbs up to. I think still they don't quite know what to do with her, but she has some nice moments. Like she plus point doesn't go after Adric when he's being a total numpty going off out in the TARDIS to find the Doctor when he doesn't really need to. She has that moment we kind of quite often associate with Doctor, at least in New Who, of like destroying a wonderful creation. Like the android may have been programmed to do bad things, but it in in itself wasn't bad and was beautiful. You know, this kind of thing that she observes is, is really good. She does, I think, I mean the actress or the camera crew and the directing goes a bit wrong. I think she does do a Oh, no. Direct to camera for a brief second at one point, which I found quite hilarious. But (laughs) hey-ho. Fine with it. I love it. (laughs) More (laughs) of that, please. also have to give obviously a thumbs up to mace wonderful character i'm just gonna quote one thing which i very much enjoyed i'm afraid my frame was never designed for rapid acceleration
1: <laughs> this is the second thing from my notes that you have mentioned in your mini dude <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> and another random plus point. There was quite a lot of talk about the previous episode. I liked that continuity coming through at the start of this one with the TARDIS crew. That's true. Adric gets a bollocking for basically going off in the TSS, whatever it was, and shooting a dude because he couldn't control himself and understand what machine he yeah. was. Yeah, good stuff. I just wanted to do another thumbs up just for the production in general. We've got yeah, the, t- the pterodactyl costume, which is pretty cool with these anima- animatronic things going on. It's already pretty gruesome. And then we get a melting version of it later, which is super gross. We get an exterior London set for basically two minutes footage. I don't know. Which is quite a weird thing for Classic Who, I feel. A very good observation. Yeah, solid. The the fire itself with you know explosions and stuff is pretty impressive. Previous to that, we've got the cool effects of going through the wall and... Yeah, the, the, the bit where the dock is just kind of like in the wall, but not in the wall. You know, I think actually they did some really nice, mm. nice things in this production. Which... Actually, weirdly has left me with more positives than negatives, probably. But I can't really change the fact that I came out of this serial just like going, Oh god, I'm really not enjoying Davison's era so far. I don't feel like this was a very entertaining episode. It's not bad enough to just like really shit on it and have fun shitting on it. It's just not good. And I'm yeah, I'm not moving away from that, unfortunately. Leon, you're not really taught me up much. So sorry. So I'm gonna be in in the lower side scoring, but only a little bit with a 2.3.
1: Oh. I very nearly wrote 2.2. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. That is significantly lower than my score. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay. All of what you've just said is perfectly valid. I I get why you're saying what you're saying. However, I can't help but feel like this is probably some of the best acting by every member of the cast so far, at least with this Doctor. We have the Doctor who is himself... Re- in my opinion, really on good form. I'll bang in a little line. Oh, why are Earth people so parochial? I-, I really like the doctor in this. And the same reason that you haven't yet warmed to the doctor. It gives me pause because I, in this episode, have really warmed to the doctor. But I'm also aware that he recorded this before he recorded other episodes where I didn't really feel any kind of sympathy for him. Or, you know, where I didn't feel that he was particularly believable as that particular character. And consequently, I wonder if this was lightning in a bottle. The companions as well maybe less tegan in my book we're all doing a really good job nissa she had a lot uh, a lot to do she was being helpful she destroyed the the android for example she she showed the exact same i I also made a note of that she showed some sympathy with the robot or the android after she murdered it oh it was a slave it was doing it was only doing what it was you know ordered to do something to that effect adric Also quite sympathetic. He is absolutely useless as always, but he does sympathize with Nyssa. He is... A, a pleasant and charismatic character and for that reason I as a viewer sympathize with him. Tegan is really the only one who's like oh, too impressed with herself and really doesn't do very much and for fuck's sake seriously is anyone actually impressed by the broken clock comparison? Whenever any character in literally any kind of franchise of any genre says oh it's like a broken clock at least a broken clock tells the time correctly twice a day I just want to give that franchise the finger because I've heard it too many times. Tegan, you're not impressing <laughs> me. But the person who really takes the cake in this one, the person who really gets a gold medal and a gold cup for this is Mace. Dick Mace, that's who. He is incredible. I also made a note of the I'm afraid my frame was never designed for yada yada yada. What a character. He is he has such stage presence. Every single movement and line delivery of this character makes me believe that he is, in fact, the thespian that he is meant to portray what a thespian i would stand in line i would queue overnight to catch a glimpse of this chap on stage incredible but also ancillary characters i feel did a good job here the old guy what was his name head man when his power pack is is removed and he returns to consciousness his performance hits like a an 8.9 on the acting your pants off ometer.
0: i'm sorry i Jen. do have to interrupt because before he had his thing taken off in his acting hit a two out of ten on the acting I feel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is fair, but I... I feel like that guy squeezed out a solitary tear which is like well done bravo encore <laughs> head man encore okay I also really enjoyed the pacing of this episode I feel like it took its time to establish the setting the characters the context yada 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 the plus I agree with you it's absolutely redonkulous but that's happened so many times before and, and frankly I love it when we get a cheesy silly whimsical take on, on world domination it's just the best like I I, I love it in Doctor Who Production value off the chart, spaceship prop, teroleptal, quivering lip, the costumes. Like Christ, I would give this serial a four point eight for wigs alone. Uh, <laughs> point is I I really like this serial. I think it's a very good one. I, I personally, Degustibus, I'm happy for for you to disagree with me on that. And after four serials, even though this is just the second one that's produced with Davison, but after four serials, I am actually finally on board for the fifth Doctor taking this forward. And for that reason, oh man, I'm so
0: sorry about this. Don't be sorry about giving it a high score. Come on, come on. What's it gonna
1: be? Uh, here's what I've written down. 4.4. 4. Holy moly.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Stick that in a glass and stir it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have to understand what side of the line we both are really on by listening to Podcast Land, I feel. That's an excellent suggestion. Let's do that.
1: Let's not me. now let's hear from Podcast Land next 50, or it would get out of hand.
0: Well, we finally got there. The listener minis portion of this podcast episode. And holy moly.
1: <laughs> oh, We've sweet got Christmas. We're here. So many
0: again. <laughs> Yeah. What did we say we are up to? Are we, are we in double figures again?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 11 or 12. I'm not sure.
0: Cool. Great stuff. It does unfortunately mean that as it's basically three hours into our recording time already, can't quite read them all out in full. So we're going to do some little snippets of bits here and there. Maybe if you want in the future to write a smaller one, more guarantee of it being all read out. But if you're quite happy with us chopping and changing stuff, then just send in the 250 word limit as usual.
1: Yeah, which we will only do if there are, like, this many minis and it's this late, you know? So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, But please do go to WhoBag1.com, read these listener minis in their full splendor, and get exactly
0: as aroused as I am right now. You would be fools not to. (laughs) 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 With a sales pitch like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay, without any further ado, who we got first out of the gate? Oh my goodness, it's... I've forgotten Steven how his theme tune goes. From Canada. Ah, Viva Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Hello, Stephen. How are you doing? Hello, Stephen. Okay. Stephen, what have we got from you? Well, we've got uh alternative title for this serial.
1: Yes. Alternative title for this Time Warrior 2 Terror Left All Boogaloo. <laughs> Excellent. Very appropriate very title. Thank you very much, Stephen. <laughs> Snippity, snippity, snip.
0: Yeah, there were other words. And the next one's being... It is refreshing to see Tegan dealing with the effects of a previous story, something that seems like such a modern element of TV shows. Uh,
1: Yeah, that's very true. And also, bear in mind that that previous story has not been produced yet when this one is recorded. Whoa. Right? That makes it so much like so interesting. Like, really, so much more intense. Anyway, yeah, good call, Stephen. Um, Snippity, snippity, snip. Stephen concludes with, the sets are very good, though, and I'm not surprised all of London burned down, since most of it is made of hay and cardboard. The (laughs) Dock has quite the track record of starting historical fires. First Rome, now London. Seems like the Panama hat isn't the only thing the fifth Doctor stole from the first. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hmm. And overall, says Stephen, this story earns 4.5 meters of gimmicky string out of five.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) Excellent rating, Stephen. Excellent rating. (laughs)
0: well there's that one fan so far that agrees with you leon and not with me yeah yeah (laughs) steven
1: and i we're buddies thank you very much steven
0: Thank you, Stephen. Who's next? Why, it's Kieran Evans. What up, Kieran? Hello. Hello, Kieran. Middle section of Kieran's review coming at you. We spend a decent amount of time with our villains, the Terraleptos. And yeah, they come across quite good. Except when they move in mid-long shots and then they kind of shovel about. And yeah, that final fight scene is a little disappointing. They also get gruesomely burnt to death. And the show cuts back to them on several occasions to show the progress. Yes. That is sort of a trope that Saulward has. Keep an eye out for it.
1: Oh, really? But just the one eye? Just just the one <laughs> eye? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, that is seriously gruesome. That is R-rated stuff. Really ho- quite horrible. So, yeah, love it. Kieran concludes... I feel this story is the strongest so far. Agreed. And feel justified in giving it 4.2 out of five Grim Reaper robots. Whoa. Really? Uh, Two for two, Jim Cakes. How do you feel about them apples? Yeah. Uh, Kieran, excellent rating. Excellent everything, as always. People who are not Kieran, you can follow Kieran on Twitter. Where can they find him? Him. (laughs)
0: So, I'm so drunk right now. Why, Kieran can be found at KJ Evans. What, Mr. Leon? Two. That's two. in espanol. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thanks very much, Kieran
0: thank you karen next up it's that ed
1: of Corbett. yes or corbet that reminds me i need to get sorbet in the morning thank you oh, thank you very much for reminding me ed good man
0: <laughs> hello ed <laughs> hello ed it starts we join the tardis crew still failing to get on they join guest ally richard mace uh, otherwise known as dick mace who is a bit eccentric <laughs> but the actor keeps it under control. A mere 2.2 on the soul deed scale. He is another example of an ally having more content than the companions. Maybe writers are more comfortable writing for their own creations, rather than writing for recurring characters that they may not have seen on screen yet, so don't know what's out of character for them. Hmm. I think that's very, very on point. I think
1: probably Ed is is right about that. Or possibly mm. it's just easier to write your own characters than someone else's character. You know, so Either way, yeah, good point. Snippity, 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 snip! Ed concludes, Davison is starting to establish himself in the role. Though is this channeling Hartnell for the cantankerousness? He's gelling with one of his companions, but I'm not surprised from seeing this, that one of them is going soon. Mm. What? Uh, Wait, wait, what? Okay, I think I know who it is. Uh, Wait, do you want to guess? Oh shit, I feel like we looked this up and I've already forgotten. (laughs)
0: i don't want any spoilers i'm happy to forget what i've already forgotten okay
1: yeah forgetting we're forgetting we're forgetting we're forgetting nice one ed
0: <laughs> and final conclusion from ed enjoyable pseudo-historical good ally and good villains in concept if not execution mm.
1: 3.1 yeah nice that's like uh right down the middle between yours and mine ratings wise it
0: is but i feel like well, slightly closer wise, to it, was, it was more mine yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's true Fine, here's your friend who agrees with both of us, but maybe slightly more with you. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. Thank you, Ed. Excellent stuff. Who's next? next. Oh, Why it's the one, the only. It's Peter Zunich. What up, Peter?
0: It's the Zunmeister. Hello,
1: Peter. Peter starts... The a preamble is wonderful. The dialogue is great. There's enjoyable interaction between all of the characters. Everyone has something to do. On, and the main cast personalities are devoid of irrelevant major ticks that made them unenjoyable. The sets and locations are perfect task. Characters act rationally and have understandable emotional reactions.
0: Peter continues, Nissa shows empathy for an android, the name of my next rock album. Not if I get there <laughs> first, Peter. <laughs> and we get a simple yet valid backstory for the villain, whose motives are not only survival at the expense of others, but someone who just chooses to be mean. Yeah.
1: Wait, hang on. There's a certain charm to that. I like that. That's, that's, yeah. that, sorry, charm is the wrong word. Fascination, more so. Very, yeah, nicely done, Peter. Uh, Peter does conclude. We're going to do a little snippety, snippety, snip. Peter concludes. Overall, it's another series I enjoy every time I watch it, especially the first half. But it's not an epic visitation. <laughs> and Peter gives this three point five. Nice, very nice. Yeah,
0: very nice. Excellent stuff. Thank you,
1: Peter. Yeah, thank you very, thank you very much, Peter.
0: Next, we have got. Andy Parkinson.
1: What up, Andy? Hello.
0: Hello there, Andy. Andy's been a real chap yet again and sent
1: in both a Maxi and a Mini. So go to the website for the Maxi. Stay on your ear radars. (laughs) Seriously, Negroni, what are you doing to my brain? Keep listening (laughs) and you'll hear an excerpt of his Mini.
0: Right about now. It starts with some likes and some beefs, and we're just picking one of each, the like being, Nissa builds a massive vibrator in her bedroom. Mm. I cannot believe we didn't pick up on this in our review.
1: How is that not part of the intro? This is the one with a massive vibrator in Nissa's bedroom. Uh, well done, Andy. Bravo. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You have no idea how much Leon has been kicking himself. Like,
1: uh, quite quite literally. Well, okay. Figuratively. But still, yeah. It's the thought that counts. Snippity, snippity, snip. Over to the boofs section. They leave London burning to cover the evidence of the pteroleptals, but they have left a bloody great big escape pod in the forest. I think some locals
0: might notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, did not dawn on me. (laughs) Me neither, but an incredibly good point. (laughs) Yeah, so good. (laughs) And in summary, Andy says, I loved this episode when I first saw it as a kid, and it remains a favourite today. I really like the Doc and Nissa in this story. Yes, the TARDIS team bickering feels like an EastEnders episode, but with a good guest cast and a cracking score, I can overlook the flaws. And I award this 3.9 bubbling face-melting fish lizards out of 5.
1: Absolutely horrible, horrible, and excellent rating. (laughs) Well done. Well done, Andy. Very
0: good stuff. If you would like to congratulate Andy, why, you will have to go and follow him on Twitter if you are not already, at carefreeze71. That's carefreeze what? 71, (laughs) carefreeze. No, it's just the one carefreeze,
1: and then 71. (laughs) Oh, I see, yeah. Wait, that makes way more sense. (laughs) Andy, you the man, thank you. Next up. Why is Nick, a.k.a. The Doctor? Hello, Nick, a.k.a. The Doctor. Hello, Nick. Nick starts. Hello, the Doctor and co. commit arson on a massive scale. I like this serial. (laughs) First, almost historical for ages with strong characters, particularly the actor Richard Mace. Dick Mace, fantastic spaceship sets. The Terraleptals, a one-off monster that I like and their robot. The companions all get something to do. Adric is almost bearable.
0: (laughs) Almost bearable. I love how this is turning into a plus point. (laughs) (laughs) Nick continues, Tegan still hasn't been taken home. Call yourself a time lord. Mm. Nisir is actually in this one. The plot works, is well-placed, and believable in its 17th century setting. I like the crushed alien mystery, and this held my interest. Good from Davison. And Nick gives this what, Mr. Leon? A very respectable 3.4.
1: Nice one, Nick. Mm, Thank you very, very much. much nice.
0: Very you, good Nick. stuff.
1: I I feel like we're already like we're now noticing what the maybe average podcast land score is. It's in the it's in the threes certainly.
0: Yeah, yeah. It probably is okay. an average of ours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you're right, right. Okay, who's next?
0: Next up, we've got Neil. Hello. Neil. We're doing steps all over the place with Neil's one, who has been looking forward to this particular episode making a visitation to his ears. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Uh, The real review starts something like this. I love this cold opening. A 17th century home invasion by a glam rock android. Awesome. Great how you the characters are all given different personalities. Definitely my friend that agrees with me. The grumpy, alcoholic father, the dreamy daughter, and the sensible but gun-loving son. Gutted the poor old servant get zapped. Goes to show this android ain't fucking around. <laughs>
1: yeah, no doubt, Neil. Snip, snippity, snip, snip, snip. Richard Mace is really fucking though the actor told Matthew Waterhouse that Doctor Who was the worst job he'd ever had. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> And I enjoy the music throughout. The pace is slow and gentle, but Davison keeps the energy up. We didn't talk about the music. I I think I... Yeah, you know what? Actually, in hindsight, I really agree with you. At the time, I remember there were a few scenes where I went like, hmm... That's that's a little synthy for this kind of setting, but I think I agree with
0: you. Um, just a, a weird little side note: I happen to notice that they re- they released the uh, soundtrack to this serial as a CD.
1: What? Okay. Well, I mean, that's happening.
0: Just to finish up Neil's review, I always enjoy this story. And R.I.P. Sonics Screwdriver. Oh yes, yeah, pour one out. And rating wise, Neil gives this four 0. Neil. Holy moly. Nice one.
1: Uh, I'm I'm literally pouring Negroni out on my floor right now. Uh, I'm lying. I'm not because I don't want to clean up. But yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. Good call. Well done. People who are not Neil, you know what to do. You need to go and follow Neil online. He can be found on Twitter at Neil... Or what, Jim? And That's right. All in one word for your convenience. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you, Neil. Next up, anti-penultimate mini-review. James Ashley. What up, James Ashley? Hello. I don't know why I did that voice. Hi, James. James starts, The Visitation is not a very spectacular series, but does provide some good elements. Though the historical setting allows for some great scenery and excellent realisation of the period, I think the plot leaves a lot to be desired, with each section seemingly taking hours to take place. Most of the serial is spent with the main characters travelling from location to location. The pteroleptyls are a little shaky at points, but it was an ambitious design. Yeah, wholeheartedly
0: agree. mm mm-hmm. James continues, the destruction of the Sonic Screwdriver will provide for some more tricky situations and more convoluted plots in the future for the sixth Doctor. However, Nyssa was left in the for a large part of the serial again. Overall, I think that despite some memorable moments, a vibrant setting, and Davidson's ever-flourishing portrayal, they can't make up for the sluggish pace of the actual plot, rounding out to a steady score. So rating wise, James gives this only a two point eight out of five. My my hello James and
1: your two point eight. <laughs> nice that one. Is
0: definitely someone who is more in my ballpark. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh hey, Jim Cakes, have you met James Cakes? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we're a little bit lonely on this side, James. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: very nice james people who are not james please do high five james online and tell him that he is a good person despite not giving this a 4.4 4 or anywhere near it james can be found at james
0: ashley and next, next up it's paul Waring.
1: what up paul paul starts after a mixed bag of stories this season the visitation feels like a big step up i love the character of richard mace good man paul he has some great lines, makes an entertaining temporary companion, and provides a good route for exposition. Nyssa holds her own as well, designing and building the anti-Android device. It's bad luck for Tegan, though, as she gets taken over once again. <laughs> Such a good point. Oh, However, yeah. I did enjoy her dig at the Doctor being worse at keeping time than a broken clock. Oh, damn it, Paul. I'm so sorry I said what I said before about the thing about the broken clock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's really not, sorry. He's just too polite to disagree with (laughs) you.
1: Don't listen to him, Paul. Don't listen to him. (laughs) I am sorry. And I really do like the point about teeing, because I hadn't thought about that myself.
0: Yeah, no, very true. We are snipping the middle bit of Paul's review, going straight to the end. Overall, says Paul. I really like the visitation, and it's my second favourite story featuring this TARDIS team. Ooh. Ooh interesting qualifier there. Okay. <laughs> I
1: wonder what the favourite one is. Wait, have we, we haven't had the favourite one yet, have we? I don't think so. Maybe. Mm. Oh, I'm curious. I'm very curious. Oh, Paul, I'm looking forward to your mini of your favourite one. Oh, super exciting.
0: <laughs> and Paul gives this four out of five. Five!
1: Holy moly. Nice one, Paul. Excellent great stuff. Great stuff. Very good stuff. People who are not Paul, you know exactly what to do. Get your bots online. Head on over to twitter.com, pop a little slash on there, and then type in P wearing. That's P wearing. wearing indeed. Yeah, great, great stuff. Thank us. you, Paul. Thank you very much. Next, Next up, last up. up
0: last up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure what he's really like, but he looks to me a bit Davidy
1: what up, David? Hello, hello David David,
0: <laughs> David's getting the little bit of chopping all over the place. treatment first little snippet being aren't any of the companions going to change their clothes? T was asleep for two days in a jungle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. At the start of this episode, we do get to see her sort of put on her uniform. So possibly there's a laundromat inside the TARDIS. David continues, snip, 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 snip. It's fantastic that Nissa gets to deal with the android herself. Adric does nothing but complain about being useless. Very true. <laughs> that is true, isn't it? I mean, he does sympathize with, with people, though. I feel like that's a thing. And he holds that stool.
0: Don't forget that, Dave. <laughs> yes never forget the holding the store i didn't even spot anyway back to david's review and the end of david's review the best part of this by far is michael robbins as richard mace like todd from the previous serial why can't we just have him as a companion and ditch the others every word out of his mouth is pure gold Oh so it's so incredibly good
1: i I wholeheartedly agree and David concludes really good in some parts kind of boring in others 3.3 <gasps> very good, good stuff. very good you're a true gentleman thank you very much in fact, thank you everyone in Podcastland who sent something in. we're very sorry that we only read little excerpts of them please everyone head on over to whobackone.com, one.com find this episode. Yeah, you you know how the internet works. Read these minis in their full splendor. Except for Andy's, read his maxi in its full splendor. Indeed. Yeah.
0: Well, that just wraps it up for the episode you've been listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. The one where we talked yeah. about the visitation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next up, well, I think we'll be doing new Who stuff, probably, and it will be Smile. That's
1: right. Oh, sweet Christmas. Looking forward to that. I remember it being so-so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) After which, we'll be back in Classic Who territory with Black Orchid, which may see a guest appearance by uh, Hubek Wen's own cricket correspondent.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: (laughs) And at some point, we'll do a bonus uh, episode. What, what's that going to be, Jim?
0: Well, I think it might be something called Strange Readings, unless we yeah. inserted something else in between.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping it's Strange Readings. We've already, like, we've got some recordings. They've already come in. I haven't replied to people. I'm so sorry. I'm a terrible person. But like, yeah, we've got some recordings. It is looking pretty good. Uh, by which I mean, it's sounding pretty good.
0: Awesome stuff. And audios are still a question mark over which direction to go with that, I think. So watch this space or listen to this space more correctly.
1: exactly <laughs> point your earballs at us
0: yes and if uh, you want to exercise your eyeballs and still continue some kind of entertainment journey with us you can follow my good self or leon's good self on twitter of course i can be found at jimmy the who Leon. where can they find you thank
1: you <laughs> people can find me at Ponkin, p-o-n-k-e-n, P-O-N-K-E-N. Uh, I don't tweet very often, but I do interact with people. So if you tweet at me or if you send me a DM or something, yeah, I- I'll reply. Yeah, let's be buddies. <laughs> <laughs> so that's
0: all we've got to say on the matter. So just, yeah, look after yourselves out there. Stay safe. Things aren't quite back to normal. So don't go do anything crazy just yet. Keep wearing those masks. All that jazz. See ya. Yeah. Rock on. Stay safe. Cha-chao. Boom.